630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Riley's going to keep it and then throw, and Adarius Pullman's got a pair. Touchdown, Eskimos. This one from 51 to tie it. Ball is up, and it is through. Sean White has done it again. Comes off the boards, two on two Oilers. McDavid has a step to the net. Back hitter towards side, scores! Connor McDavid scores both goals tonight and wins the game in overtime! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Good evening, everyone. Wednesday evening on a very uh, gray type of day in the city of Edmonton. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Reed will be back tomorrow. I know his uh, second hour. He's got uh, some of the fellows from uh, Oilers Nation. Jean shorts and bagged milk. Funny guys. What? (laughs) We're going by Twitter handles now, eh? They don't want to use your names there, Brennan? No, I guess not, but hey. They, they make for good radio. Yeah, that is true. That is true. As is Reed Wilkins, we'll try to match. Not We won't exceed them, but we'll try to match it, Brendan. It's impossible. Yeah, good point. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for hanging around, buddy. It's been busy for you, I know. Hey, it's fun. I mean, yeah. getting my reps in, so I can't complain. <laughs> Whenever uh, you get reps. a football game on, so we're watching sports, talking sports. It's all good. By the way, there's a tornado warning in Winnipeg. Like, just, I think, southwest oh, really? of the city or southeast. Um, and I, I believe it, uh, well, I, I don't know how close to Winnipeg it actually is, but it's close enough that it created a lot of wind. And if you know, I just saw a shot of Winnipeg, uh, or of, uh, Investors Group Field, hmm. and uh, it just, it, like, it's like no one's showing up tonight at the game. So, well, it might be okay for Matt Nichols, he just needs to do what he did last week quick yeah. passes, efficient passes, make the defense work. Although Hamilton, at this point, looks like they have a much better defense than the Eskimos, so we'll see how that goes, but yeah. Yeah, much better defense, (laughs) that's for sure. So yeah, week uh, seven of the CFL season begins tonight in Winnipeg as the Blue Bombers, who are 2-4, and will take on the 3-2 and Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, No Zach Caleros tonight for the Tiger Cats. Uh, He's close. I mean, I thought he'd start tonight, but I guess with Mazzoli playing as well as he's playing... Well, as well as he played against the Eskimos, 23 straight completions. That broke a record held by Jason Moss that stood for 12 years. If anyone was going to break that record, I didn't think it was going to be Jeremiah Masoli, Brandon. <laughs> no. But, and you weren't here for that game. Uh, Blake Dermott had a bird's-eye view of that, uh, or had a close-up view of that. We had the bird's-eye view, Morley and I, but it's crazy. <laughs> you were in Kelowna going... What is wrong with this defense, probably? I was uh, on a boat in Kelowna. I missed the game, but I watched it on TV after. And, yeah, they made Missoula look good. I think Blake Dermott called them the Eskimos defense making these backup quarterbacks look like legend killers or something. He said on Inside Sports the next night with Reed Wilkins. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort yeah, of like that. I don't know. It, it, it's just really concerning because you, you look at this defense, and we're going to discuss this more uh, – you know, we'll go more in depth on this after seven. We're going to have Sean White on after uh, six thirty, so we'll talk about that a little bit um, as well. But uh, I don't know. It's you're, you're five games in. You're playing your sixth game, which will be your. You know, they'll be at the the one third mark of the season. So you've already lost six games, not lost literal six games, but six games of the season are gone. Yeah. Right. And 
you, you look at new systems, you look at new players, but at some point you would hope it's at this time of the year that players would get their act together and systems would start to sink in. The coordinator would get used to who he's working with and you'd see better results. Yeah, well, uh, being on the sidelines, I get to see some things up close and personal, some of the plays that are right in front of my face, clearly yeah. on the sidelines. And I think the systems have been okay. Maybe I want to see a little more pressure, uh, try to get after the quarterback more, because they do have a good, you know, front seven there. But it, it, it just seems like no one's making plays, and they're missing mm-hmm. – they're missing plays they should be making. So I don't think it's the uh, defensive coordinator, although it seems like everyone's calling for his head right now. But it's just missed tackle for missed tackle. I mean, we saw what Matt Nichols did. Uh was nothing fancy. It was simple, just effective passes, and he basically ripped the Eskimos' defense apart, made them work. Yeah. And they were running around all over the field sort of looking like they had their heads cut off. So it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't good, but... Can they improve? I don't know. I just don't think they have the the horses to move forward. You get worried as they start to play better quarterbacks, such as, well, if they play Henry Burris, we all saw what Harris did. And then um, what happens when they play Bowley Eli Mitchell? These backup quarterbacks. Yeah, well, anyone, really. Anyone at this point scares the heck out of you, so I don't know. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because Winnipeg fans are just – you know, just oh my goodness, we found a quarterback. It's Matt Nichols. Well, you know, okay. You <laughs> we'll know, see you after tonight. <laughs> I respect Matt Nichols a great deal. Um, you know, I think at one point this was maybe the next, you know, starting quarterback, successful quarterback in the league, and then he dislocates his ankle and he rips up his knee in two consecutive games: the East semifinal in uh, twelve, and then the first preseason game in thirteen. Not his fault. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not being cruel by saying this, but, you know, he hasn't been able to stay on the field uh, prior to now. And he, he had to fight through two serious injuries, and it kind of slowed him up. But, you know, that performance last Thursday, I said, that's the best I've ever seen Matt Nichols look. He looked calm, composed, mm-hmm. instead of, you know, looking, you know, like when things go bad, then Matt Nichols' psyche goes bad. But let's face it, things didn't really go (laughs) overly bad. Even though the Eskimos started to make plays late in the second quarter, and they were much better in the second half, but still... I mean, they were had to climb out of a huge deficit. Yeah, I think Matt Nichols wanted that game a little more. Um, I mean, yeah. after he scored the opening drive touchdown, he stared down the Eskimos bench and gave them the old fist pump and was just fired right up. So you could tell he wanted it, and he got confidence, as you mentioned early, and it just sort of carried as the game went along. So we'll see how he does tonight, though, against Hamilton's defense. Uh, I, I like Matt Nichols as a guy, too. Um, I don't know if he's the solution in Winnipeg, though. Yeah. So. Well, let's talk some Oilers here. And uh, yesterday, uh, big news, and it was, it's Keith Gretzky. I keep wanting to say Brent Gretzky. But no, that would be the wrong guy. I said sure. it once today on Oilers Night. Did you? Tuesday. Yeah. I'm impressed with it. It was probably because I was listening to you last night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous. Anyway, uh, so here's what Bob Nicholson had to say, Oilers, uh, uh, Oilers Entertainment Group CEO, about the hiring of uh, Keith Gretzky by Peter Shirelli yesterday. Keith Gretzky, the new assistant general manager. I think it's excellent. Uh, and uh, Peter wouldn't say this, but I can. Um, uh, Keith Gretzky was hired. Uh, he was someone that uh, we talked about right at the beginning. Uh, you know, you have to respect Keith Gretzky was under contract with Boston, was doing a very good job. The opportunity came along. We asked for permission uh, to talk to Keith, and uh, he's now in 
you know, in the Oiler uh, uniform, and he's going to be the right-hand person to Peter Shirelli. Uh, you know, Peter feels very comfortable with that, and I, I'm really happy that this is Peter's uh, team now. He's got his whole staff in place, and uh, now we, we're going to move forward with a new arena with, the, you know, Peter's new uh, clear uh, vision of where this team's going to go. So there you go. Several times in that clip, Brendan, Bob Nicholson said, this is Peter's team. And I remember when Shirelli got hired and, you know, fans were like, get rid of Housen, get rid of mm -hmm. McTavish, get rid of the old guard, do it now, you know. Yeah. Mm, probably not in Peter Shirelli's best interest, I said this at the time, to do that. But now, you know, he hired, he's hiring his people. I had a chance to talk to Keith Gretzky yesterday. You talked to him today on Orders Now. What were your impressions? Well, just first on Shirelli, when he first came in, Dave, I mean, he had a lot to, to look after. I mean, yep. You had all the fans saying, "Trade, make these major trades." They had to hire a coach, and then he had to do all this and that. So he he played it slow. Uh, he found his coach first and foremost, and Todd McClellan, and that was a great hire, I think. And we'll see uh, that relationship continue to grow with uh, the head coach. So that was step number one. He didn't make any drastic drastic changes to the roster. He made a few free agent signings, but didn't blow things up. He acquired Ryan Hart, brought in a goalie. So yeah, yeah, that's another thing. He had to find a goalie. Mm -hmm. So like, he had a lot to he had a lot to do when he first came here and he had to meet everyone, get familiar with everyone. So yeah, he wasn't going to come in and just, you know, wipe the slate clean with this entire staff and say, okay, I'm bringing my guys automatically. He he tried to think or tried to see what worked. He went a season and what didn't work. And we've heard a lot of people, including uh, Gretzky, talk about this being a collaborative effort. We've heard Shirelli talk about that. I know you ran the clip last night on the show from Joe Hagerty talking about how Keith Gretzky and Shirelli had a good relationship in mm -hmm. Boston. He trusts a lot of people. He likes to work with people. So for all that to work, you need to trust those people. And clearly, I don't know if Shirelli trusted everybody in the organization, which is why we're seeing some changes here. And then he brings in his own guys, yeah. and now they can work together. And be a collaborative group. So that's where I'm at with the whole thing. I, you can look at Brett Gretzky's draft record and some people are tearing apart this pick or that pick. Oh, we had, I know Jonathan Willis, who I like, I read a lot of his stuff, just posted something and he yeah. picked apart all the second round picks over the last few years. Yeah. Uh, or going back to his time in Arizona. And I get that, but at the same time, that's not exactly his role here. He'll have a different role. And Shirelli believes in the guy, trusts the guy. And he feels he has more to show than just being the draft guy. He's going to work with Bob Green as well, who, by all accounts, the last couple of drafts has done a really good job in mm -hmm. those later rounds. So it's going to be a collaborative effort. Um, I think it's a great hire. And he sounds like a, he's worked hard to get to where he is, which is impressive. It was just because he has the Gretzky name, he hasn't been handed anything. Yeah. He's went the coaching route in lower leagues of hockey, worked his way up there, eventually moved into scouting, and he's worked his way up to where he is now. So have to respect that. You can't accuse this hire of being a, you know, old boys club yeah. hire or it, it is a it is someone that Peter Shirelli trusts and works mm -hmm. with, but who else are you going to I mean, you're going to hire someone that you have trusted with, uh, that you've trusted your 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 uh, you know, I mean, his the amateur scouting role. Yeah. Shirelli trusted him with. By the way, you need to put a toonie in the Brent Gretzky dryer because you said Brent. Oh, did I? Yeah, you did. Oh, jeez. Okay. Oh, I know you have Where's the jar at? Uh, I don't know, it's somewhere. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Maybe That's going to be tough to, to get through, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. But Keith. 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 There and he, go. he's going to he's going to be a big big. Uh, it sounds like he's going to do a lot of work with the farm team in Bakersfield, where he has a relationship with. Yes. That's pretty cool that he coached there way back in the day for the fog. That is very cool. Yeah. 
and uh, obviously look at the East Coast League team as, as well, but really it's looking after Bakersfield, helping with the draft. Yeah. And has he had some misses? Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it sounds like the book on him is he likes to go off the board. Yeah, a little bit. Which can be risky. I mean, you and I were talking about it yesterday. Yeah. I mean, his draft in 15 was a little unusual with the picks that... Uh, that uh, three straight he, picks he chose yeah. three straight picks when you know Matthew Barzell was still av- available. Mm-hmm. But you look at his draft record even in Arizona, you know it's not bad. <laughs> he had some big hits as well. So like home runs with Keith, Ekman Larson and Yandel. I like the tourist pick. Um, so yeah, and then in Boston the Pasternak pick, which was 25th overall. So yeah. and I mean Boston's been a pretty good team. It's not like they're picking in the top five picks. Yeah, for the years that he's been there. I mean, they did have the three picks. And those the 2015 draft, I mean, the brusque, we'll have to wait and see. It's not like we yeah. know what these guys are yet. It's a borrow, we don't know. So wait and see on those picks before well, you start judging the guy. And he was hired in Boston, I believe, in 2013, and that's the year Max Domi got, got drafted. So I'm sure he had a hand to play yeah, in perhaps. Max Domi's uh, draft as well. So, But it's, it's an area that the, that the Oilers badly need help in, isn't it? Is it not? Dra- rounds two to, well, rounds two and beyond, right? I mean, it's been yeah. brutal the last few years. Well, I think the last couple of years with Green, since he's taken over, he's done a pretty good job. And we'll have to wait and see in the later rounds. Guys like Ethan Bear, yeah. Caleb Jones, these guys all look like promising prospects. So there's been a definitely a change and an emphasis put on those picks. And uh, still need to wait and see how they turn out. But with Bob Green, who clearly is... Uh, a guy that values those picks and really wants to hit those picks. I think uh, Green and Gretzky can work together, and uh, the chances of nailing one of those picks are better when you have more voices in the room. Sure. I mean, you have a guy saying, okay, this could be a wild, a long shot. We'll take a pick here in the fifth round. Who knows how he's going to be? But if you have two voices saying, yeah, I like that guy too, then maybe mm-hmm. the chances are better that you hit in that pick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, And he likes to have a lot of voices. Yeah. He likes to have a lot of discussion. That's the book on him. So, uh, Scott Housing got let go, and I know there when Shirley was hired, people were just on that right away. When, when is he going to get rid of Scott Housing? When is he going to get rid of Craig McTavish? Mm-hmm. I remember saying at the time, I'm going, well, it's probably not going to be for this season or for the next year, because he's got to have a good read on what's in the organization, and and who knows better than those two, yeah. even though you know, a lot or some or whatever you want to say, uh, the quality of the prospects, the quality of the system may not have been as, you know, good as other systems. But Housen's let go. But some people are surprised Craig McTavish is still around. Is this a big deal that Mac T's around? No, I mean, final say goes to Shirelli, clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's using McTavish as another voice. And I think McTavish, yes, he... People will never forgive him for hiring Dallas Akins. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I think McTavish is still a smart hockey man. And who knows what the long-term plan is with McTavish. But for now, I think Shrelly is using him to his benefit. I mean, we don't know the exact role or what he does day-to-day. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure he's a voice, a guy that does some scouting. And I think Shrelly feels that uh, he's doing a good job. So one of many voices yeah. that have a say in the organization about yeah lots of experience yeah. play, former player I mean I don't know how the long term relationship will be yeah I think he has one more year left on his contract uh, I'm not sure about that but I believe that's yeah. what Mark Spector said uh, on the program yesterday on Oilers now so for now I mean why not 
I, the housing thing, I think fans will look at that and say, okay, the Nikita signing was so bad, we just need to get rid of him. And I think that's sort of, you know, why this is happening. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, housing has been a good foot, sh- foot uh, soldier for the Oilers. He's done a lot of the work. He's been transitioned into many different roles. And yeah. It, it's tough to see a guy like that go, and he is a former GM in Columbus, and I'm sure he'll find another good job around the league pretty easily. 622, uh, you can text in 630, 630. Uh, Brendan Albrecht joining us from 630 Chet Sports and Oilers Now. As uh, we talk Oilers, we're going to talk more Eskimos after the 630 news. Sean White will be joining us. And uh, right now it's Campbell in for Wilkins here on the Wednesday evening edition of Inside Sports. You're listening to 6.30 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Dave Campbell and for Reed Wilkins tonight. Joined in studio this hour by Brendan Ulrich, 6.30 Ched Sports and Oilers Now. Chris from Phoenix checks in. Hey, Chris. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, is, it, is it the start of the season yet? Because this is getting really long. But uh, <laughs> uh, my comment on uh, some, of, some of the moves... Uh, you know, McTavish is here uh, because we need. He's a vital uh, role for the organization because, you know, I'm sure Shirelli needs somebody to go get coffee and donuts. Oh, and, Chris, you know. Chris, Chris. But anyway, Chris. no, no, I'm, I'm only joking. Here, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> Goodness, we sakes. need to lay off of, of the whole Kevin Lowe and, and, and McTavish thing. Who, who cares? We're not. We're not paying for them. If they're there just for a figurehead, just just to just to say thank you for what you guys have done in the past, I'm fine with it. We what we what some uh, fans fail to realize, and, I, and I've said this to Reed on numerous occasions, McTavish and Kevin Lowe were a part of our coaching staff and a part of the management group when nobody else wanted the job. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, nobody wanted to coach the Oilers. Nobody wanted to GM the Oilers. The Oilers were a train wreck. You know, they've been a train wreck for a long time. And those guys stepped up. They manned up. Did they do a good job? Probably not. But you know what? They took the job. Why? Because they love the Oilers. So I can't hate on them for that. Were they here a little too long? Probably. But once again, nobody wanted the job. Like people, people think that uh, that uh, you know the Oilers are going to come calling with their 30 owners back in the day, and somebody's going to just say, "Yeah, I'm going to drop what I'm doing, and I'm going to go co- coach the Oilers or, or GM the Oilers." It wasn't happening. Teams aren't going to leave. Teams uh, play um, personnel that are that are in Detroit or or Chicago or Toronto or wherever, and I, I don't mean to throw Toronto in there because I just can't stand them. But you, you get my gist of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, nobody was coming to Edmonton, let alone the players. So now we've got Shirelli in there. He he got his coach in McClellan, which I'm you know happy with. I'm uh, I think that uh, he's going to you know help turn this thing around. So now he's putting his his stamp on this. In a year from now, if we're, we're in the same situation that we were this past year, I'll be scared. But if not, let's just let this guy do what he's, what he's here to do, and uh, that's it. All right, Chris, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Well, there you go. So we thought this was going to go off the rails to begin with. <laughs> yeah, it started to sound like it, yeah. But make some good points here. So uh, it's uh, coming up to uh, news time with Randy Kilburn from the 630 Chad 24-Hour News Center. When we come back, uh, we'll be joined by Sean White of the Eskimos, chat more about the uh, the Oilers as well. And uh, I don't know if we got time, maybe a little Olympic chatter. And uh, I know, Brennan, you covered the Oil Country uh, Championship as well, so uh, the final round. So uh, we'll try and squeeze everything in that we possibly can in the next half hour. Campbell and for Wilkins, Wednesday evening edition of Inside Sports.
You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. This one from 51 to tie it. Ball is up and it is through. Sean White has done it again. He had to wait 60 minutes for a field goal attempt. He waited patiently and then nailed it from 51 yards. It's a tie game. We're going to overtime for the second straight game. Well, that was slightly happier times for the Eskimos. Uh, uh, right now, they're getting ready to play the Ottawa Red Blacks, and uh, they're 2-3 and three and uh, trying to snap the, a two-game losing streak. They're 1-3 at home, which is shocking, but they are 1-0 on the road. Uh, Dave Campbell and for Reed Wilkins joined in the studio by Brendan Ulrich and on the phone uh, we are very happy to bring in uh, the man that you just heard Morley Scott and not Scott Morley call about a <laughs> month ago uh, Sean White not White Sean. Sean how you doing? I'm good how are you? <laughs> I'm doing really well. Uh, give you chills when you hear that? Actually I've never heard it that way it's, uh, it did give me chills it's a uh, uh, Scott Morley did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Morley Scott better be careful because Scott Morley's pretty good at his job, eh? <laughs> yeah, he's good at building things up. That was, uh, yeah, I mean, Morley mentioned that, uh, you know, that was your first field goal attempt that game. I know you hit a couple of PATs. Uh, mm-hmm. What's it like to wait on the bench for all game long and to come out and have a pressure kick like that? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a difficult situation, that's for sure. But uh, I always, I, I've been in that situation before when I played with BC, so it's almost identical situation. And uh, that's the, that's what happens with football. It's such a crazy game, and I knew halfway through the game and that something was going to happen because I haven't had an attempt yet. So I remember I turned to to Ryan King. I'm like, oh, I, I, it's going to come down to us again, bud. And uh, of course it did. So it's a good feeling, though, and it's good to contribute that way. Sean, I know before that game you talked about, you know, wanting to earn the trust of the new coaching staff. And actually after that game, I asked Jason Moss if, you know, you it's safe to say that you trust Sean White after he goes out and nails that kick. And he said, absolutely, 100%. Um, so do you feel that, you know, you, you that uh, Jason Moss trusts you 100% and that you can go out any time and that he'll trust you to make that kick, whether it's uh, with the game on the line or to send it to overtime or whatnot? Yeah, I, I, th- I think he does. He, he, Jason doesn't add any stress to my game at all, and he allows me to go out and, and kick. And he, he told me straight off the bat, he goes, I'm, we're going to come up with the parameters of where, where you can kick a field goal from. And, you know, if, if we got to take a shot where it's outside your parameters, you know, that's on me, but we're going to take our shots. And uh, in that situation, I said I was, I was with the wind, so I knew I could hit from 57. So uh, the offense did an unreal job to get me there. But, uh, you know, Again, I think I got the trust of the coaches, and uh, that's why I'm still here. Well, remind him if he does complain, I'm 13 of 14 in field goals so far this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mic drop. That, but, probably uh, wouldn't a good, it, it, that probably wouldn't work very well with Coach Moss, though, so maybe don't do that. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't really talk to head coaches that much, and if they're not talking to you, you know you're doing your job. It's, it's when you're t- they're talking to you, you know you're in trouble. So, uh, so far, so good, because I think I've had like one conversation with Jason this entire time. Okay. I was going to ask you how many conversations you've had with Coach Moss, but uh, you just answered the question, so never mind. <laughs> yeah, it's only, only a couple, that's for sure. <laughs> Sean White, Eskimos uh, kicker, joining us here tonight on 630 Chat Inside Sports. Uh, 
Eskimos next game will be Saturday at TD Place. Eskimos and Red Blacks will have the pregame show right here for you at 3.30, and the kickoff is at 5 o'clock. You have a, a change uh, with your uh, with your operation, unfortunately, Ryan King is uh, the long the the usual long snapper is out uh, on the six game injured list, uh, and, and that's that's too bad because that always affects your you know your you know just how the operation goes. But uh, you have Casey Chin in now, and you also have uh, David Beard snapping uh, long snapping to you. So you still got your holder in Jordan Lynch. But to, tell me about the adjustments going from. You know, a, a guy that you you know you work with in practice, you have meetings with, you talk to all the time. To now, you got two guys that haven't done it as much, and plus, you're dealing with two long snappers now. Yeah, um, but the, both those guys are they're, they're great. They're good snappers. They're no Ryan Kings, that's for sure. But uh, you know, they're doing a great job. And, and Beard with me and Jordan, uh, he's fit in almost immediately. He's been doing a great job, and to just be thrown into that situation, not having any reps all through camp and everything he's doing a great job you know he's, he's not perfect uh it's a good thing i got jordan because he bails me out a lot and uh if i got jordan i'm pretty confident because the guy's a he's a great athlete and he does you know the guy does everything that's why he, he's a smart and athletic guy so uh that's why jordan does what he does and as long as i got him uh we're going to be fine so all i do is just keep my head down and uh, i don't even look at the snap i just watch jordan uh, put the ball down and uh so far everything's been good and consistent and uh you know, I'm just going to roll with it. I'm not going to put any added stress on Beard. He's doing a great job. Sean, just looking ahead to uh, Ottawa here, um, you know, the offense has been really good this season. Um, you look at the last couple of games, there's been, I guess, a half and then another half that you add it together, it's one game the offense has struggled. Uh, and when the mm -hmm. offense goes, it's more chances for you. Uh, you're in better field position to kick those field goals, more extra points and this and that. But when you look at the offense from your perspective, um, is everything okay? Everything's still on track? I mean, Mike Riley was just named the uh, player of the month, so things seem to be okay, but the team is 2-3. and three. Yeah, exactly, but it's, it's still early in the season. I've been on teams that started 1-8, and eight and we almost win the Grey Cup. So uh, there's no temp, uh, you know, no reason to panic. It's a long season. Uh, offense is playing great. Uh, defense, you know, we've got a lot of injuries. So, uh, you know, this is a good thing to, to have happen now. You know, we can... We can see the guys that can be a part of the depth in the defense, and uh, you know, and eventually we're going to get those starters back and start playing the way we we do. But you know, you can see the greatness in the team. We're just you know, it's just a we're just kind of struggling at the moment. But you can see some good things, but you see a lot of bad things, and usually we lose because we're creating our own mistakes. We're beating ourselves. So if we can cut down the penalties and be the more disciplined disciplined team, we're going to win. So we just got to learn to win together and. Uh, you know, and that's just a part of the CFL. You just got to grow as a team. By the end of the season, if you're hot, you're going to win. I want to ask you about the defense, and you know the coordinator pretty well, and in, in Mike Benavides, mm -hmm. with your time with the BC Lions, and there's a lot of crit criticism directed towards his way. And I guess you know the the previous fellow had a high bar over the last couple of years, set a high bar over the last couple of years. But it doesn't mean that. Mike Benavides is a bad defensive coordinator, but he's sure getting a lot of heat. The defense is getting a lot of heat. But you know Mike Benavides very well, so mm -hmm. what what are the factors that make him a good coach, and what gives you confidence that this defense is going to turn around? Well, he's got he's got a lot of experience, and I, I, a lot of the guys are still talking about last year as well. And uh, once we get past that and they start buying into the new system, then things will turn around. But uh, these guys are working their butts off. They're staying after practice, getting their, getting everything done, and they're even in there. Man, I don't get to the practice facility until nine. Those guys are in there at seven, seven thirty. So 
they're doing a lot of work and uh benny's got them he'll get them right and uh you know i've been on some teams where you know no one could beat us and it's just because of our defense and benny knows what he's doing he's got a lot of experience so um it's just guys buying in and the young guys uh following the lead of our of our leaders and the veteran guys uh, Sean, the schedule hasn't been ideal. Uh, I know it, it must be tough for the players of this short and uh, long week situation. I know even the broadcasters, such as Morley and Dave, have been complaining about the, this crazy schedule. Short week, long week. I know Dave was talking about that a lot last night. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but for a player, I mean, now you you have the short week at home. Now you're going to long week here preparing for a road game. Um, I guess mm-hmm. how does that sort of change for a player in terms of preparation and, you know, you guys trying to get back on track here? Oh, it gives us more time to to prep for uh, for this team, obviously. But we know what we're getting ourselves into. For me, obviously, I'm a kicker, so it's easy for me to say I like short weeks, and it keeps me in a rhythm. But I know the guys that, that hit and they're sore; they want to, you know, heal their injuries. But uh, you know, again, we're we're a hungry team. There's no negativity at all in the locker room. Uh, it's a tight group, and uh, you know, they rally together. We all follow Adele Willis with his energy, and uh, you know. It's just, it's just a matter of time. We just got to get the right bounces and, again, clean up our mistakes, and uh, we'll start winning. When you're in a, a bit of a, a funk, is it really up to the veterans to to, to lead the way here? And, and I know I asked Jason Moss this, and we're going to play it after 7 o'clock, but, you know, he says, we are a team, so I don't want to put it on every, any particular group. But is there more emphasis on the veterans to, to lead the way here? Absolutely, and that's what makes us a good team. We have uh, – we have veteran guys, but it's just a locker room full of leaders. And uh, everyone, again, everyone's staying positive. There's no negativity. Uh, and we got those guys stepping up. They give the talks in the dressing room. Everyone's heads up. There's no – we all believe we're, we're the best team out there. And, uh, it's, again, it's, we just got to grow together and things will start going our way. Okay, final final question here. You, you rolling at nine? In the morning. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Meetings are at nine forty. Okay. And yeah. so, so do you just you just roll by everyone else and go, I'm the kicker. <laughs> exactly. And that's why everyone hates the kicker. <laughs> but I, but I, and like today I couldn't wake up today, but I I uh, I strolled in there a little late and of course you got those veteran guys they're beaking me, but I had my headphones in because I expected it. But uh, <laughs> they, they should have been a kicker, then it's their own fault. See? So they have nothing to complain. That's a vet right about. there. Right there, folks. <laughs> Keep the earphones in. <laughs> chirp, chirp, chirp. Uh, the, are those Odell Willis canceling earphones too? <laughs> no, Odell, Odell <laughs> likes my style, but uh, it's the old line you got to avoid. The, oh. they'll, they'll get on you. Yeah. So because they're in there early, they're working hard. They're getting beat up every game, and I'm the. I guess I'm the pretty boy that doesn't get hit, and I just uh, I come in at at the very end of the game and kick one field goal and get a, and leave with a check. So mm-hmm. I, I just tell them I'm stealing checks this week. Tony Washington can be pretty mean though. <laughs> No. No? He's a nice guy. Oh, Matt O'Donnell? He can be mean, but to me, he's never been a mean guy to me. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's like my personal bodyguard. <laughs> he's great. Well, that's Sean? I only hang out with the old line. So he, well, you might as well, and that's a pretty good group to be hanging around anyway. So. Oh, of course. I'm like their mini-me. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, as always, appreciate your time, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right, Thanks, take Sean. Care. Eskimos kicker, Sean White. By the way, uh, the game in Winnipeg? Delayed 60 to 90 minutes because of bad weather. So I don't know when they're going to get Why this. is everyone shaking hands? What's I have no on? idea. I was well, just wondering what was going on. We just saw on TV the coin toss conducted in the hallway between yeah. the two locker rooms. <laughs> so I'm just looking at the tweet that the Bombers just sent out. Uh, and how old is this 
tweet here. 6.40, so that was five minutes ago. So this game's not going to get underway until, well, let's let's see, let's put it to Winnipeg time. It's not going to get going until about, I don't know, uh, what is it, quarter to quarter to eight there now. So we're talking... 8.30? 8.30, yeah. 8.30, 9 o'clock. It's a Holy. Long, long night. Holy moly. Well, it might be a long night for the Bombers, too, so uh, make yeah. matters worse. Well, and you just warmed up, right? So yeah. you're going to have to warm up again. And Well, they should be used to these delays going uh, back to last week. Bombers are uh, bombers are pretty, uh, pretty used to this, absolutely. What do you think about what Sean White had to say, especially about the leadership and things like that? Well, I think... Um, you know, the veterans are still confident that uh, they can get things going. I think they just need to be more consistent on both sides of the ball. I think on defense it is what it is at this point. We know yeah. <laughs> there's no uh, big fix overnight. It, like, really. I mean, they don't have the horses. We know that. So they can they can make improvements. And we mm-hmm. did see improvements against that game or in the game against Winnipeg. So at that point, you just want the offense to take over and you know, start to finish, which we haven't really seen. But when when the offense gets going, we know how dangerous this team can be. So I think everyone yeah. still sort of remains confident in that fact, knowing they have Mike Riley, who's probably, in my mind, the best player in the league, or top three. Mm-hmm. So I think they still are confident. Maybe some of the younger guys, they're saying, oh, man, this has been a bad couple of weeks. They're sort of wondering. But it is up to the veterans to step in and say, it's okay, guys. We, we have this. Uh, we'll be okay. So I as long as they're staying together as a team, trying to work through it all, I think they'll be okay. One thing Jason Moss said today, you know, and I, he says, I don't really have a problem with my veterans, even though, yes, we do lean on our veterans to, to whether it's good or bad, to really lead the way, but we need our veterans to be more vocal. You know, so he did make that mm-hmm. charge today, or that, you know, demand through, through the media that, you no know, veterans, you have to be more vocal. And I'm sure he's spoken to, to them about that anyway. Uh, so, you know, and and yesterday as well, um, I'll bring this point up again. Ed Hervey had a long conversation with Pat Watkins and, and Marcel Young. Okay. Who have been struggling this year. Yeah, Young I thought was okay against uh, Winnipeg. Yeah. But I, yeah, I agree he has struggled, but yeah. until he, he stepped up his game a bit, so that's encouraging. Yeah, he has. Watkins I'm concerned about because, and Blake Dermott brought it up after after the game on Thursday, he just doesn't look right. Yeah. And you look at him walk and he looks like he's laboring and that's not good. So I think Pat Watkins is trying to find some way to stay comfortable. And it's probably a reflection. Why is he still playing? Cuz he's the best of a yeah. of a group that doesn't have a lot of depth. So you got to keep him in there. But he's going to be matched up with Chris Williams. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Remember what you saw in week oh. 1? Huh? Well, I mean, wasn't he injured in training camp a little bit as well? Yes. So, I mean, he's learning a new system. He's so familiar with Chris Jones' system. And then he's learning a new system. He's injured a bit. Now he's banged up again. So it's been a tough start to the season for Pat Watkins. I still think he can sort of find his groove a bit here. But the injuries are certainly not helping. (laughs) And now he has to play Williams, like you say. Uh, Maybe fire him up on DraftKings. I don't know. Front four. We're looking for you. (laughs) Yeah, they might need to bring pressure as much as they can. And it might expose... (laughs) <laughs> the uh, back end a bit, but yeah. they a sack could maybe bring a ball loose or something. Maybe it leads to an interception. So, well, Marcus Howard had a pretty good game. Yeah, he did. Even though he told me yesterday, nah, I didn't really have a good game. But he had the type of game where you hope all four players can have and wreak some havoc up there. So we'll see what happens. Henry Burris is going to start again. Yeah, there's no doubt 
he should start again. I mean, Brock Jensen had a pretty good game against the Riders, but you're going to lean on your veteran. Doesn't mean if he, you know, struggles that they're not uncomfortable enough that they wouldn't go to Brock Jensen, but we'll see what happens. As uh, the game will be on Saturday, TD plays 5 o'clock kickoff, 3.30, the pregame show. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins, joined this hour by Brendan Albrecht. We'll uh, wrap things up with this segment uh, in a moment here on 6.30 Chat Inside Sports. You're listening to 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Campbell and for Wilkins as we wrap up hour number one of 6.30 Chad Inside Sports for this Wednesday evening. Brendan Ulrich joining me in studio and uh, appreciate your time, Brendan. Thank you very much. And uh, you're busy on the weekend. On Sunday, you uh, caught the final round of the Oil Country Championship. Yeah. Won by? Aaron Wise. There you go. Who is a big up-and-comer. Yeah, might be a name to watch out for on the the PGA Tour in the near future. Um, he just finished college at Oregon. Uh, they won the NCAA title there. Uh, he actually played in the U.S. Open, and this is only his second event on the McKenzie Tour. So he wins mm-hmm. that event, and uh, I'm sure he'll move up to the Web Tour or the PGA Tour here shortly. I'm not sure exactly. I'm not a. I mean, I watched PGA. I don't exactly know what the rules are in terms of climbing up the rankings. I think the top five money earners for the year in the Mackenzie Tour move up to the, the Web Tour. I'm not sure how they go from the Web Tour to the PGA, but you'll see him on the PGA one day, and it's pretty cool that he won the first ever Oil Country Championship because he's going to be a pretty good golfer. What's pretty cool is, yeah, I mean, we get to see the future stars. So yeah. maybe we see next year, two years from now, five years from now, we remember the names that maybe yeah. played in this tournament. So, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Jimmy Walker was on the Mackenzie Tour way back in the day, and then he wins a... And at the PGA event last week, and then uh, Tony Finau was recently on the McKenzie Tour, and now he's on the PGA Tour. So, it is uh, the way it's been explained to me is that it's like the Double A of baseball, and there's the Web Tour is the Triple A, and then of course the PGA is the big leagues. So, well, a lot of Double A players go up to the big leagues. Exactly. So, so it's exciting. <laughs> and yeah, it was a great, uh, great event. I don't know how they managed to uh, make the course playable after all the rain the night before, but they did it. Wow. Yeah, it was impressive. That's crazy. All that. Glendale. So give those guys some props. Yeah, good job. Good job down there, boys. Uh, Olympics start. Well, I guess they've already started. Uh, Canada will beat Australia. I was surprised to learn they started today. Yeah, yeah. two days before the opening <laughs> ceremonies. You know, uh, 2-0, Canada beat Australia in the women's soccer. So you watch the Olympics. Yeah, well, more so obviously the Winter Olympics. But I do, I do get really pumped up for the 100-meter and some of the swimming events, uh, especially with Michael Phelps. Every time he's out there, it's must-watch TV. And, of course, the yeah. Usain Bolt, you want to watch that. So those are a couple of the events I watch. Um, just trying to think what other summer events. Obviously, a lot of the track stuff's cool in the summer yeah. Olympics. Some of the diving, I don't mind that. The rowing is what Canada is usually good at, so I usually watch some of that. <laughs> yeah. it's it. I find the winter games... I'm with you. I, I enjoy those better because they're easier to get in to, to mm-hmm. get into, especially when you have the NHL and the Olympics, and who knows if they're going to go to South Korea or not. Yeah. Uh, well. Probably, well, we'll lean on the side of no until something happens at the 11th hour, which could save the tournament. Uh, but the summer games, I find you have to f- find a spot to jump on with. You know, so if, if you know, women's soccer, for example, in, in 2012, a lot of Canadians yeah. jumped on that bandwagon uh, when the women were were really getting on a roll, and then 
once medals start coming or medal chances, you just kind of tune in and then you see a medal win. Then you're like, okay, I want mm-hmm. more. I want more. So yeah, I think everyone's drawn to the big events like I was talking about, and then doesn't really help the Canada hasn't really been <laughs> that successful no. in the summer games although I think maybe you talk about a sport uh, that some people might jump onto that's maybe women's basketball this year I mean I think Canada is ranked 10th heading yep. in so maybe they could surprise and win a medal they have some athletes that have been in Edmonton people have had a chance to watch them yep. at the Savile Centre so I'm sure maybe people will be drawn into that a bit this year so that's cool so there, there is things to watch out for the IOC righted it wrong today too Softball and baseball are back in the 2020 yeah. games in Tokyo. How in the world do they take the, those two two sports out? Ridiculous. Should they take out golf now that they bring back baseball? Do they just swap the two? Because it's just, everyone hates the golf anyways, it seems like, for this Olympics. Well, why are we doing stroke play? Why don't we yeah. do match play? Matt Kuchar was surprised to learn that's what they were yeah. doing today. He didn't even know. <laughs> He's in the event. <laughs> it's team play, right? No, it's stroke play. Really? That's hilarious. Well, this stinks. Can I, can I go now? <laughs> Brandon, here on uh, Oilers Now tomorrow from noon until yes. 2. And uh, for the rest of this week and next week, right? Yeah, Bob's out in Kelowna, so he's enjoying some time off. And, uh, yeah, we'll see if uh, I actually make it through two weeks, but we'll see. I'm, I'm, I, I'm confident in you, buddy. <laughs> thanks. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for spending the time with me. Anytime, man. Brennan Ulrich, 630 Chet Sports, and uh, hear him on Oilers Now from noon until 2 tomorrow. And uh, for the rest of this week and next week as well. We got uh, Eskimos next hour and professional bull riding. Yeah, that's coming up. Hour 2 of 630 Chet Inside Sports. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.